0: Welcome back into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick houseman Drop your shoes at the door, hang your hat, your coat on the coat rack, whatever you want to do. You can throw it over the side of a chair by the living room table. Whatever you like, you're in the House of Wrestling and sitting here in the living room today, Fireside. Our special guest in the house, it is none other than Effie. Effie, thank you so much for coming in here, taking some time to chat today.
1: Sorry it took me a second. Uh, you know I always enjoy talking to you, and it's been it's been a hassle this month getting anything done, but I think we're I'm seeing the other side of things. My birthday's June seventh, and I was told by my good friend and shaman and podcast co-host Pitar that things would clear up by then and it's starting to feel like it's gonna be a little clearer by the time I turn 33 and enter my Christ year.
0: Oh, uh, see, I'm happy to hear that because right before we got on the air here and started <laughs> recording, I asked you, as you know, anyone would, you know, ask. How are you doing? Right, we have and a it-
1: rapport. We've hung out. We know each other. It's nice to have people that actually genuinely want to ask how you're doing. Yeah, to which I responded, "It's been the worst month of my life." Mm-hmm.
0: So, do you want to tell everybody what you told me about why the month has been so bad?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a few reasons. Uh, some I'm not going to get into now, uh, just because it's you know personal stuff. But I sure. Uh, Monday was given a 15-year probation sentence for having edibles in my car when I got caught speeding last February in South Georgia. Now, you're one of the few people that's seen the mugshot, which is going to be available as a shirt and 8x10 soon, so I can recoup some of the $9,000 I have spent on legal fees and court costs so far. Uh, But it was... It was definitely a case of me looking like I was drugs and then the cops sort of determining that I was. I mean, I don't know how many other people in the United States history have a mugshot with an Anakin Jedi braid hanging off the side of their blonde hair only a month removed from losing to Jeff Jarrett.
0: I mean, you got to go back to the 90s, the 80s to have to find people like that. I don't know. It seems like a Jeff Jarrett 80s, 90s opponent type. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe
1: it's something he's seen before. I might have to reach out and, you know, see if it's there. But I just I can't imagine that many just like willowing blonde Jedi braids appearing in mugshots. And uh, I think it definitely made them not want to run the case on me. Now, I will say I went to a South Georgia judge and I basically said, listen, in the most polite terms, because. You know, Pride Month is coming up, but I do have to be honest and saying, I don't think if I told them I was uh, the most electric gay man in wrestling and I had to continue my global domination tour of forcing everyone to be gay, that they would have enjoyed that. So I kind of had to dance around it and say, look, if I don't have the ability to travel, you're really going to mess up not only my life, but the life of many people who I bring joy to. And so we worked out a situation where I can... Uh, Travel still globally. I do have to inform them when I'm going and get a monthly pass. But now I'm sort of, uh, I'm figuring out the next steps. And I've got to say to anybody who's got to wrestle me in the next few months, good fucking luck. I've been back in the gym nonstop. I have so much extra energy. Uh, I've already dropped seven pounds and I feel just ready to go.
0: Because you're not smoking weed now, right? Not
1: at all. I'm going to be drug tested is what I assume. And I won't. I won't give away the extra kicker because that's my that's my little trump card, my little Yu-Gi-Oh! double dual card, my reverse card in Uno that I'm gonna throw at my probation officer because the state of Georgia has made some changes to their cannabis laws in recent months, and I qualify under some of those certain conditions. So I'm sure I'm gonna have to continue paying my court fees, but I think we've I think we've got a little system for Effie to figure things out, but I might still take a little break anyway and just take stock of everything take a look at everything i don't know if you know this but literally for the past three years i have not had a moment to take a breath i have been on the road in australia in japan in canada in 38 different united states and i just last friday won a well i didn't win an award there that was not until sunday uh friday i ran an international lgbtq show uh in liverpool with i saw that wrestling i was gonna during eurovision so it was already
0: very gay there if you can ever we just stop game, top time out real quick croatia yeah, yeah. croatia got rolled finland got rolled sweden did not deserve that victory in eurovision am i wrong with that or no no
1: but i i talked with a lot of the uh brits there and some more european minds and they basically said look It's not about the skill of the performer. This is a political sort of let's see who we need to uplift thing. So I don't know what's going on in Sweden, but for some reason they needed to be uplifted.
0: It's the 50-year anniversary of ABBA next year. And so they wanted to have Sweden host Eurovision. So the fix was in. But here's the kicker. ABBA has come out and they said that we're not going to do a reunion concert in Sweden next year as part of Eurovision. So they really, you know... What did we even do this? I'm I'm trying to
1: meet with ABBA because what they've been doing recently is they have the hologram concert that you can go see. It's in a few locations. I've heard. I need to find a hologram Effie because, you know, at a certain point, uh, my body is going to give up. Hopefully not anytime soon, but it is nice to see that there's a future for hologram versions of me to still do the performances.
0: Real, uh, real talk, real talk. You got you got to talk to Rick Bassman. I'll introduce you to Rick Bassman. You know okay. who Rick Bassman
1: is? I know who he is.
0: OK, yeah. Rick Rick told me in an interview like two weeks ago, he was backstage at Backlash uh, meeting with the top brass oh, to to talk about uh, some technology he's working on. He does deep fake technology now. Oh, gosh. And, and they do like they do like I think holograms. They, so long story short. I like think Bassman could make it happen. That's well, and
1: thinking. that's that's sort of the reason I got into wrestling in the first place is I had this really intense acid trip where I couldn't figure out why the heck you fly John Cena to all these places when the background of these arenas is exactly the same. All you do is put up a line that says, oh, we're in, you know, Poughkeepsie, New York. We're in Atlanta, Georgia. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. And then uh, the, everything else is sort of the same. He hits his five moves. And now I'm going to run the, cul- the, the culmination of my career will end with us all being replaced by robots and AI. And we have to fight back to stop that from happening.
0: Well, SAG's next, right? You got the writers on the line. Looks like the actors are going to be right behind them when the directors join the picket line. Hollywood comes to a screeching halt. Billions lost. Cats and dogs living together. That's when we're going to see some real change, Effie.
1: Have you ever seen the Robin Wright film, The Congress? (laughs)
0: I have not, but I love Robin Wright. You were
1: warned. It's a movie about an actress selling the rights to her physical form and body. And then she gets sent into a whole nother dimension. But it is the concept of if you can recreate me and pay me off up front, what does that mean for the future of art? And I've got to tell people it's not going to work just because it's the same rule I have in wrestling. When dweebs are at the top making things for themselves that they think are cool, all they're making is dweeb shit.
0: Here's the thing, I and I'm completely off the rails here, and I promise I will go back to talking about pro wrestling. But I I read this thread the other day. It's my site. I can say it's not anybody. I can say what you want. It's interesting. Yeah, pro wrestling is everything. Yeah, pro wrestling is everything. That's true. Uh, I read this thread the other day, and this actually probably will tie into the the pro wrestling gimmick. There, I read this thread, and the real worry here for actors with the AI stuff is just like you said, they will start selling off your image likeness voice, they'll create an AI version of you, right? So that thinks and acts. So you don't have to be on set for 15 hours. There'll be this other version of you that you can basically license out, okay? So you're licensing your image. It's a, like an NIL deal. And then they can make the movie like you're in it, but you're not actually there. You're, you're licensing out this version of yourself to be in the movies. What this does is it opens up the door for people at home to make custom movies where they themselves could replace the characters in the films. Like imagine being able to watch star Wars and you replace Mark Hamill with yourself Effie. Now you're watching it and you are Luke Skywalker and you can make everybody else, your friends or whatever. And you could just, you, you maybe you say, Oh, I'm Mormon. I don't like these kinds of things in films. I'd like to, I'd like AI to make a movie with me in it where these certain things aren't touched on. And they'll make you that movie, you know? I, and think I use the Mormon example because I watched a documentary no, about Mormon. This movies. is
1: this is yeah. a wonderful pro wrestling example too, because I also think that kind of the rise in independent wrestling, especially during this COVID time and a little as we've been moving a little past it, um, has been people are craving something real. The movies are at the best point they can be at technology wise. You can do anything on a movie screen that's possible, but there is something about being able to come into a hot sweaty room and not really know what's gonna happen and see real human flesh in front of you creating this this, uh, story and this magic where maybe you know a lot of the things that are going on, but maybe there's a few moments where you're tricked. There's something inside of us human uh, that makes us crave these things in a certain way. And I think pro wrestling at this point is one of the few art forms that's providing that at all. And as humans get a little more, uh, you know, informed on some of these things, I think it's going to be something that continues to grow and uh, it might be a, a principle for keeping that AI away from things, you know,
0: I promise you, cause like they do those $1,500, $50,000 VIP WrestleMania packages, you know, I'll put a wager down that in the next 10 years, I almost said five, because I think we're pretty close on the technology, but like a, a gimmick that a, a really highly paid fan could walk away with is they do the, the scan, they do the whatever gimmick, they get your all gimmick. Then they give you a, a like a, a, a flash drive a couple days after where it's the main event, but you're the wrestler of your choice. And it's you versus whoever is the person in the main event. That kind of stuff is not far away.
1: It's not, and I I think when you speak about kind of the price points on these, one thing that concerns me going forward is uh, live events and getting to live events and being able to come out to places is economically difficult in a lot of these situations, and I don't want to reach a situation where being at a live event is such a rarity that the majority of people are only able to see it in streaming. And not, I mean, I know that's the case now, but it being a much smaller environment for the live crowd because you're increasing prices or you're putting a price point that people can't get past or yes. the only way they can really watch it is to watch at home. And it sort of creates this kind of disgusting Studio 54 vibe of you're familiar with the people that are in the audience because they are the richest people or because they are a celebrity, you know, notion instead of just having real people reacting. And I think, you know, a lot of people say, okay, Effie, you're over. But one of those things that I've kind of taken to heart as to why it's connected so well is at the end of the day, I'm a performer for the room I'm in. I have very different matches based on the room I'm in the people that are there, the type of show that's going on. And if you can translate that to the people in the room, it translates across to the stream. And so by reducing the amount or allotment of people that we can have that are regular people coming in to react, I think it's going to make the streams worse. I think it's going to create kind of a wall of division that we don't need to have for our business to grow. At this point, we need to continue finding economic solutions to allowing regular people to come in, because those are the best shows you go to, not the shows in Saudi Arabia where it's, you know, 16 dick touching billionaires sitting on couches watching things along it just doesn't translate to the live audience it's why those shows feel weird besides you know all the other stuff but there is sort of a i feel like there's a battle coming that i'm going to be on the side of of the people because i think it benefits me greatly and To continue to provide sort of an economic relief of entertainment where you don't have to spend, you know, $800 to bring your family of four somewhere to have a night out, to have entertainment, to have that escapism. That's something we're going to have to continue fighting for within the industry and outside of it.
0: Well, you are certainly somebody that fights uh, for what you think is best for the industry. And many would argue what is best for the industry. And that's really kind of why I set this conversation up. I didn't, you know, you brought up Eurovision and then I feel we were just like off into the races. and Listen, out. this
1: is why I said I have to smoke because I have so much going on in my brain that if I don't slow myself down a tiny bit, it's all coming out at once. And I think sometimes people will have their first conversation with me and they walk away and they're like, there's a lot going on there. and. I'm not going to censor that or mute myself down because there's a lot going on everywhere and we've got to figure some things out.
0: I smoke weed every day. I'm sorry. Hey, just, I don't, listen, I
1: did too, but <laughs> you know great. what? The government got me.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. They'll get me eventually too.
1: I I just want to say, it's kind of like, you know, you see an animal that's dying in the woods and it's hissing at you. This is sort of the last bastion they have uh, to actually put crimes on people for having cannabis in their life. And it feels like
0: they're going as big as they can before it ends. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to take a step back here before I launch into what I I set this up for. I mean, it is a tough, I mean, a gay stoner in the South. It's a tough time, right? Like what is going on down there right now? I mean, are you feeling, how are you feeling as a proud, I'm from Texas. I moved to Chicago 18 years ago. Thank God. Um, How are you feeling right now as as a son of the South?
1: Uh, It is, you know, I've always kind of joked that, like, the food is so good here, I won't leave, even though everybody's sort of homophobic and misogynistic and racist. <laughs> yes. But I also believe that, like, some of that punk rock and some of that, uh, you know, sort of fight in me comes from being around these things where I'm not fully accepted. And I spoke with, uh, I'll just name drop, I spoke, spoke with Amy Dumas, Lita, who was having a conversation with me that was, with someone in san francisco because she double spends time between san francisco and atlanta and they were like what are you talking about there's homophobia and there's racism and it's i don't want to find myself in a bubble where i'm not at least open in my eyes to seeing what's actually going on and so being on the ground here yeah it's easy to run away from the south and say there's way better places and more liberal places to live that aren't going to treat me the way they treat me but i also want to keep my knife sharp and i want to make sure I am aware of, hey, I've just left a room full of 500 people who were chanting for queer wrestlers and now I'm coming home to a place where I'm going to be looked at differently if my nails are painted. And I'm someone who can privilege myself down the street. If I need to appear as a straight white man in a suit, I just did it on Monday to make sure I wasn't sent to prison. I know that that privilege comes along with it. I don't want to forget that there is still stuff out here that is problematic. And I love the South. I've always lived in the South. If there are shitheads here who are going to ruin it for everyone else, I'm not going to abandon them and walk away from it because it's not very fun sometimes.
0: Yeah. It is a shame what's going on right now. I talked with the uh, Polio Del Mar, Paul Pratt, mutual friend yeah, mutual friend. and uh it, it's it's such a hard time, you know, like just to be yourself and be happy down there right now. and it just makes me it it, it makes me sad to see that, you know, because like Paul has said and polio whatever said, there's bigger issues right now. We have gun violence every single day. why we're targeting minorities, transgender kids, adults. it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense right now when when we have set we have other priorities at the moment that supersede seemingly the things that everybody's getting riled up about at the moment.
1: Yeah. And I know she hates that I keep bringing this up, but I'm going to talk about Dark Sheik for one second because we had two thrussy matches recently. One was in Missouri. One was in Florida. And it was illegal for her as a trans woman to be performing in these states. It was an illegal act to have her be a part of our team and perform and I think some people aren't quite informed on that yet. And I think most regular people, whether they maybe lean a little conservative or are liberals like myself, I think if you present the facts to them, this isn't a side they're going to take where they say like, well, of course she shouldn't be allowed to perform. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. When you have all these people in a room going crazy for someone because of their wrestling skill and not just because of who they are. And then you have a state and a government that is trying to stop them from even being able to step in the state safely. It is, it's so bananas to me and it just gets me even angrier. And you know, I don't want to put people in a, in a position of danger, but I do want to stand in front of them if there's going to be a knife around. Not that she doesn't wield her own fucking knife. I've I've heard many stories about her taking a boot to the head of a transphobe.
0: Well, it's it's not necessarily the the guys with the knife. It's the cops, right? Like showing up, raiding. I mean, this all gives me like the worst kinds of civil uh, 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 civil rights era flashbacks here. Thinking about people that can't go into certain restaurants or facilities, can't perform. You know, made to feel uncomfortable. The 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 people that are you know having your little clubs or whatever your little speakeasies or your little shows where you know you're going to bend the rules because we're trying to make a point and then boom the cops show up and you've got yourself a real situation on your hands i mean it's it's really it's very obviously very unfortunate it's very sad for me to watch this all play out right now
1: yeah and i don't want to give too many clickbait quotes but uh i I will say this when when right-wing people become uh sort of revolutionized they end up buying more guns and committing acts of domestic terrorism. When liberal people become revolutionized, we sign forms and um, hope for the best and show up to rally. There's sort of a, a real difference in how we're tackling things that's sort of left us uh, kind of in the dust. You know, I'm not a person who believes in guns. I think legally because of my probation, I can't own them. But it is something that's like constantly a problem. I mean, we had a we had a shooter in Atlanta that the cops couldn't even catch for eight hours, you know? Yeah. So it's like... They're, they're inept and we're having to deal with that, but we're trying to stand by our own morals and our own rights. And because of that, we're being taken advantage of. And it's, it's a very difficult situation that, I mean, it, we've become really numb to it and traveling all over this country for as long as I have, for the most part, people are very regular, but those people on the outskirts that are causing difficulty, they are putting it into law. They are making it foundation to where your opinion doesn't matter anymore. If the judge decides he wants to move forward with something, you know?
0: Yeah. And it, it, there's that, there's a long, there's a great, uh, I just watched the Waco aftermath series on HBO and you know, you, it, 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 there's just a lot, right? The, the The system is not always doesn't work in the ways it's supposed to work. And, we can only do what we can do. But you are somebody who who's speaking openly, obviously, pushing for reform and change. And that's really, again, why I put this together in the first place, was because four years ago at Rise, you did this fantastic from the heart and passion promo uh, that resonated with everybody about how promoters in wrestling shouldn't just be promoting LGBTQ cat talent during Pride Month. It should be a year-round thing where they're being embraced. Now we're here four years later, and we just had this discussion about how it is getting harder for... LGBTQ talent to even exist in certain places right now. What what do you think about uh, what kind of what what do you think about the representation, the place that LGBTQ talent has right now? I guess in pro wrestling, what is the state of pro wrestling for for that talent? It's uh,
1: I want to say first, I got yelled at for that promo because I did not tell them that's what I was going to be saying, and then I got an apology text from multiple people the next day saying, "Okay, you actually did the right thing." And if there's not someone to kind of wield that knife and cut through the bullshit, then you don't ever get to that apology text. You hold your tongue and you say, I'm glad to be here. And that's sort of the concept. What I want to be aware of, and I think a lot of people are like, well, why it got to be gay wrestling? Why it got to be LGBTQ wrestling? I want to make sure we don't stay in that sort of tribal state and stay in our own world. In our own world, we're doing extremely well. Being in Liverpool last week and seeing a lot of people who have never been to a wrestling show come because it is an LGBTQ show. We are having some crazy matches. It's going to be interesting and fun if you're a wrestling fan, but it's also something very new for the people in our community that haven't been sort of shown this yet. I don't want us to just have to stay in the bubble of just being on these LGBTQ shows. I'm a believer that like, In wrestling, we think we're splitting a pie. But the fact is, if you would shut up and bake a few more pies, we could have a potluck and we would never run out of food. And to see the people that have stepped up, I think of Uncanny Attractions in Texas. I think of Enjoy Wrestling. I think of what Billy Dixon has been able to do with PW Vibe. I think of Hood Slam being run by Dark Sheik, who is just doing some of the weirdest, wildest stuff in wrestling. We have started building and baking our own pies. But it's going to be also... Being able to serve that pie to a large-scale national audience and say, we had to be different because you wouldn't let us come. We're not that different from anything else you're putting on TV. And for the most part, I get it. I'm allowed gay. If you think that's my gimmick, you probably aren't paying enough attention. But from the outside, I could see how that would be your your guessing, your grasp. We are professional wrestling. Professional wrestling, I referenced the the out-in-the-ring doc, which I finally got to do a a viewing of when we were in Los Angeles. Yeah, If you look at the history of wrestling and the pomp and the show and the circumstance and the costumes and characters, it was all queer led. There have been queer people in wrestling all along, but we have had our voices suppressed and our ideas suppressed or taken by heteronormative people and used in a way to where it wasn't being presented as it came from a gay person or it came from a lesbian or it came from someone that had a different identity than you. And it got me kind of angry the last time because I think now it's like, No, we want to be given our flowers. We want to know that we did things here that are affecting not just our little bubble of the industry, but are affecting the whole industry. And I'm a believer that the only way you're going to make people move is by showing them there's a capitalistic way to do it. And I think in the past few years, we've shown that there is success to LGBTQ performers. There is success to having inclusion. And I want to see it go to a bigger scale. I mean, Sunny Kiss hasn't been on TV in months and months and months. And as she has sort of uh, opened her gender identity and, and told us more about herself, and she does he and her pronouns and is a gender non-binary person from the last time I spoke with Sonny, uh, to see the, just the confusion and hands in the air of, well, we don't quite know what to do with you here. Instead of taking the risk and saying, if you think this will work, we would like to take that risk on you. And it doesn't have to come with the caveat of as long as it fits in our advertisers, as long as we don't get a worded letter from some guy named Buck, as long as you know you fit within our mold versus, hey, uh, I don't know if you know this, Nick Hausman, television ratings are garbage, not just wrestling ratings. Uh, you can see that in the live events, I mean, AEW just sold 60,000 tickets or whatever in England. The live events are not suffering, but when you're arguing over who got 1.5 million viewers and who got 1 million viewers and who got 750,000 viewers, there is something that is not clicking in the head of executives across the board as to why their product is cheered slightly, loved by people who like wrestling, but people are not driving themselves to come to this. They're not driving themselves to to seek this out on television. And the reason is we found a formula that worked for wrestling, and we're just gonna run it until the diminished returns make it to where we can't anymore, instead of trying something different to re-engage people who may have run away from wrestling or may have never been a part of wrestling. And as long as we keep the sort of advertising and corporate system to television and play, they're going to keep getting worse and worse and worse ratings because people have other places to seek out their entertainment, their talent that doesn't come with the little asterisks of, but it has to it has to be okay for our advertisers. Most people are sick of watching ads anyway. Stop being nice to them.
0: You know, it's uh, as I was sitting here preparing to chat with you, one of the, the things I was like, you know, it's a question that you, know, you want to ask, do you think that it's floated up? Do you, do you see bigger change with the bigger promotions? And, and I was like, that's kind of a dumb question because I can look at this and know the answer to that question, right? You don't really, I mean, you haven't really seen a change in my opinion, right? Like when I think about, storylines, characters, I, I don't nothing springs to mind, right? You know, of course over at AEW you have Sunny Kiss, you have Nyla Rose, but Nyla's not really been around. Anthony Bowens was on top of the world. I know the acclaimed is still selling a ton of merchandise, but they're no longer the tag team champions. And then in regards to kind of representation storylines Think about all the hetero couples that occupy constant storylines, right? Like everybody's pregnant or cheating on somebody, right? Everybody at AEW has got a hot girl on their side, that's for sure, right? But you don't see any uh, gay relationships that have gone on really to either side of the programming yet.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, pointing to the gay relationships or pointing to a storyline that may include LGBTQ elements is easy, but it's also about... Being able to present yourself as you are. And maybe there's a performer who doesn't have to reference that they're gay all the time and they don't have to bring that up all the time. But maybe by appearance, because you're a person with intuition, you can go, well, he doesn't, he's not acting the same as some of the rest of the people here, or his motivations seem different. And I don't have to be as direct to get that point across. And one thing gay people are really good at is subtlety sometimes, because sometimes we have to be subtle. Obviously, some people are thinking like, No, y'all are wild and rowdy, but we've learned to fit into society in a particular way over time to not be dealt with. And there are subtle ways to do this. But as long as the biggest people at the top are going to be decision makers that are cis, hetero and white, these messages are going to get diluted and explaining subtlety to them if it doesn't sound like a money-making operation right away is very difficult to get across
0: i guess the reason i go to the i look at the storyline relationship side of it is because i i look at what happened with the women's revolution uh quote unquote whatever you want to say and one of the things i think that clicked there was they realized we could do all the stuff we did with the men but now with women and it feels different right and all of a sudden You've, you've seen this before, but you've never seen an Elimination Chamber match with women. You've never seen a Hell in a Cell match with women. You've never seen a Women's Royal Rumble match before. All of a sudden, because there's all these first, the women are now kind of getting treated like the men. And there has been an elevation for them on the card. They are getting more time. They are wrestling better matches. I look at those storylines. You've had all these hetero couples doing these kinds of... What if you just had all same-sex couples doing the same storylines? Wouldn't those successful storylines, those interpersonal storylines feel new and different and probably grab different people that's that's kind of where my head was at when i said that
1: yeah i think they're just it's the same thing as wwe really fucking up the billy and chuck storyline you know once you dip your toe in the water and a crawfish gives you a bite you don't ever want to put your foot back in that water again and so it's sort of like hey, we're going to try this little thing. And if it isn't perfect and if it isn't awesome and if ratings don't jump by 400,000 people, well, then maybe it was a failure and we gave it a shot. You can't say we didn't give it a shot instead of allowing things to sort of build naturally over time. And there's a lot of instances where I think they could take those risks. But I think, you know, just with the current structure at any of the companies, you know, they're so worried about maintaining a certain standard of of rating. So they think if anything could run people away, even if those people are not good people that you're running away from the product, then we're not going to take that risk any further. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. Changing topics a little bit here. Uh, There have been a couple talents recently uh, that are no longer with GCW that have been speaking openly negative about GCW. And it seems to become a bit of a trend at the moment as somebody who's very much a face of GCW. uh, How are you feeling right now? about this negative wave of of headlines coming in and and what's your response to some of these people who are maybe not so happy about their time there with the
1: government? Yeah. I mean, there was a few instances where, you know, I've, I've had my issues with Brett in the past too, but we've always kind of talked things out. And I think there are talent now that want to point to certain things or point to the way they were treated or point to other aspects. And I think I've been, I've been really lucky to continue this GCW run and to, you know have a lot of people showing up for me in particular and I think it's awesome. I think there were some messages from Kyle the Beast that probably should be addressed and I think I'm going to have that discussion this weekend to figure that out. But I also think that you know we're seeing a very small framing of a bigger picture. We're seeing a very small framing of a larger operation and these are guys who have been around for a very long time. They've been in the business for a very long time and I think, you know, it, it it's communication is the key in all of this and sometimes, you know, Picking your moment to throw something out in the ether or throw something out in the atmosphere is, uh, you know, it's timing more than true frustration from a person. If someone was really frustrated or really this, you know, they probably wouldn't be cropping their messages all the way down to get their point across. Uh, You know, I've spent a lot of time in a GCW locker room. One thing that I can say about GCW is we fuck up sometimes. We do fuck up sometimes, but I have never met a situation where through communicating uh, with Brett or through communicating with people on the roster, you know, it's, it's, I've been listened to, we've been adapted because of that. I know there have been a lot of changes just because people are learning things. They've never been, you know, they've never had really in front of them before. And you know I've been offered a really good platform to put people on with Effie's Big A Brunch, but will I say that you know that means we're all rainbows and butterflies all the time? No, and it's it's the wrestling business. We are trying to sell tickets. Guys are gonna have their problems wherever they go. You hear guys getting let go from WWE who say this was bad and this was bad. Guys, you know, get let go from places all the time, but to have an environment where we can say hey i think you fucked up or i think you made a mistake or i think this is unacceptable and to be listened to and to find a new place i've had those instances in multiple occasions where even if it's not something large you know i am not just told hey do you want to work here or not the door's right there i've been listened to i've heard my worries you know figured out and uh i have found that all humans i this is what i remind myself a lot of the times Cause you can take, if you frame anyone in a particular way, you can say, look at, look at how much of a piece of shit they are. You know, you remember the, I think you should leave. Uh, I used to be a piece of shit. The baby thinks I'm a piece of shit. I think it's easy to frame anyone in that way. And I was recently even asked about, Hey, you're going to work for this promoter. Who's doing a pride show. That's not GCW related at all. And one time they did homophobic things. I've got to have everybody wake up to the fact that we are all pieces of shit. If you really take account, there is some aspect of your life where you have been a piece of shit. I get it. Uh, When I wake up though, I wake up with a mind of forgiveness and understanding. If someone doesn't want to make changes, if someone doesn't want to listen to information, if someone wants to continue down the same path, it's the difference between being dumb and ignorant. If you are dumb, you mess something up one time and you're going to try to learn from it. And you might be a little bit dumb, but you're trying. But if you are ignorant, you have been told these things. You have been Corrected in the ways that you were wrong, and you have continued just doing them, no matter how many people are coming to you and telling you they are different. I think everyone is allowed to be dumb. I think ignorance is a bigger point. And I think, you know, if we want to frame somebody down to a certain text message or a certain message, we are throwing out a lot of people who could actually help us in the fight if they are informed. I think, in a lot of ways, you know, you could look at me a little bit in a jestery, uh, Sense, you know, I might be the jester to the king's castle, but I have found in my life that I can get to a lot more serious discussions with people if I can bring them in with a softer, you know, spoon. If I can pull them in. With a softer, fun version of myself, then we can really get down to brass tacks. But to immediately throw everybody out because they've made a mistake or because they've done something wrong or because you didn't like something they did, if you're not communicating, if you're not bringing those problems to light, if they're continuing after you have, then I think that's a very big problem. But in in the sense of a grander scheme, we've got to stop pointing the target at everyone and start going in the bigger picture. What do we need to do? Is this person willing to learn? Has this person made changes? Has this person? uh continue to track record of of things that you disagree with or have people made mistakes and have people been able to move forward from it i think in the wrestling business i'm i'm blown away a lot of the times at how much change has been made backstage in that capacity but we have a long way to go and i can't go that distance by just throwing everyone out who's ahead of me i can't go that distance by just throwing every person out who's made a mistake because i promise you a lot of your wrestlers, you'd probably throw them out because they've made mistakes in the past, but a lot of people have made big steps towards being better people towards trying things out and towards seeing sort of, Hey, here's why you're wrong. And here's what would happen if you were right. And if that may be selfishness, it is, but leading people to the water and at least giving them the chance to drink, I think is the way around this versus just throwing somebody out to the wolves because they did something you disagree with. And, you know, it's, It's, uh, I'll say this, you know, it's, I'm in charge of Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I've been given the platform by GCW to do it there. I've been given the platform by TNT in England to do it there. Do I believe that everybody has the same understanding and, uh, the same, you know, vision that I do? No. But do I think I can lead them to that vision in a way that helps everybody learn a little bit? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, uh, Talking about things improving backstage, open communication, there was somebody that you called out not too long ago that caught my attention, and that was the Gabe Sapolsky rant that you went on. Have you heard from Gabe? Has there been any growth there uh, following that?
1: No, Uh, and I want to explain the situation a little further. Number one, when I cut that promo, I had not smoked weed in two days, and that's not... That's not to explain anything other than y'all better buckle the fuck up because I don't keep my (laughs) mouth shut and I've only sold more tickets since I opened my mouth. Here's what I'm gonna say because I wanna point to specific instances because I knew this needed to be two minutes for Twitter. Number one, if you count the ticket sales for Evolve and compare it to the amount of gross profit made off of their seminar system, the seminars made more money than the ticket sales ever did. If you look at the system they had with NXT, NXT talents were being paid their salary and required to go to Evolve shows. Gabe was not paying these talents extra money out of his pocket. I would love to be corrected on that, but that's what I've heard from the NXT talents themselves. And the Evolve talents were forced to conduct these seminars as a part of their contracted deal where they were making 125 bucks to be the big stars and be looked at. It's embarrassing the system he's created, but on a personal note, I go back to the situation with Izzy, First and foremost, Mm. I had a match with Izzy and some people disagree with it and that's fine. But what Gabe did was make up things about people complaining or people sending in letters to try to refuse us the right of this venue, which was owned at that time by the FIP system and by him and Sal, uh, making things up to make this match go away when this wasn't an instance at all. And so to sort of see, like, not only has he not paid people, not only has he, kept people with a carrot in front of their face for two sometimes longer years uh, without offering them opportunities. And to see if you succeeded, what the pay would be, what the treatment would be, what his backstage treatment was like. And now he has returned to WWE, but I'd like to be clear. There's a reason they're sending him out to indie shows. They don't want him there. Nobody wants him around. This is a person who has made a lot of money in professional wrestling. This is a person who has, set back the way we pay people for a long time i'm surprised i can pull the money i can pull now because i thought oh man how do you make this work when you're making 125 bucks and selling merch well it turns out that's not the only system there i don't think he has the power he has anymore i saw him sniffling around the collective shows and i don't have control over the other collective oh, he
0: came party. to the collective Yeah, and that's when he said,
1: oh, why didn't you speak to me there? I don't want to speak to you. You have nothing in your heart for the labor that actually runs this
0: business. So he reached out to you after you cut your promo then, yes or no?
1: All he did was respond and say, I was gaslighting him, and I was wrong, and I was being abusive, which is the biggest, like, nah, you... No, uh that's you, and then deleted his tweet and blocked me. Here's the facts. I just want people to be aware that they should not trust anyone who is coming to them with these opportunities. I was told by Gabe Sapolsky, if I continued that match with Izzy, that I would be blackballed from every promotion in America. I would never have a job at NXT, which, I mean, he was right about that one, and that no one would ever work with me again, when, in fact, that was the opposite. I used to joke to people and say, is heat when your inbox is full? Is that what it is? Is black balls where your inbox is full of people trying to get you to come to their shows? Uh, look at Izzy now. She uh, got bullied into doing MMA so she could actually kick your ass because pro wrestling wasn't enough. I'm just sick of these guys coming in who don't break their backs, who act like they are the primary that we should be responding to and giving to. I don't like Hulk Hogan. Let me say this. I don't like Hulk Hogan. But one thing Hulk Hogan has that I want is... People were scared to piss him off because they recognized what economic value he had. I don't work for promoters. Promoters work for me. You are paying me to make a bet that you can make more money off of me than you're paying me. That's the business I'm in. And for you to say I have to act a certain way to get there, it just dilutes every bit of what this industry is supposed to be. It stops people from being them tr- their true selves. It keeps people in a very functional system of how matches work. It keeps you listening to mid-carders who didn't make enough money to retire, but are now gonna tell you how to get over on TV. And the fact that we don't speak more as wrestlers, uh, it gives them more power and we have to take that power away. And I'm not saying people shouldn't sign to NXT or sign somewhere or go somewhere, but I want them to have the objective large view of things that isn't emotionally tied to you better listen to me or I'm going to make sure you're fucked because that is not the way to do business. And in our business, unfortunately you fall in this category and I don't mean it negatively. I am the primary. I say I as a larger I. the wrestlers in the ring are the primary. If there are no wrestlers willing to risk their lives to entertain people, I don't care who's on camera. I don't care who's on commentary. I don't care who's doing interviews. I don't care who's producing. I don't care who's interviewing. I don't care who's media. I don't care about any of the other stuff. Without the primary, you cease to function. And if we're not going to start getting a little respect back, then uh, you're going to lose the primary eventually because the primary is going to figure out we can do most of this shit on our own. Do you want to be useful and help the business and help the primary continue to function and feel safe and feel comfortable? Or do you want to try to lie to the primary? And when when it comes time that they figure out their actual self-worth, they're going to send you to the fucking sidelines instead of keeping you close because you were beneficial without being necessary.
0: So, have you? Cl- so you obviously are very passionate about making sure there's a lot of options and growing the NDC and making sure it's a healthy place for a lot of people to have that option to not go sign. But obviously, it's very. Te- we had Nyla Rose, or I didn't, but Nyla Rose recently was saying she'd love to see you over in AEW right now. She thinks she'd bring a lot to AEW right now. Are are you still against going and and making the leap and working with the the Coke and Pepsi of the pro wrestling industry? Are you happily RC Cola for life?
1: You know when it comes to Effie as a concept, I've always kind of treated it as an experiment. And it's a selfish experiment where I want to see if in today's distribution, including internet and including other things, if I can become sort of a household name. And I don't think I've achieved that 100% yet. But to be invited globally to wrestle, to be recognized uh, all the time. The last three shows I did, I was recognized in the airport or traveling before I was ever at the show. Hmm. The other night I was at the movie theater and I had just finished going to court. I changed out of my suit. I threw on an Effie shirt because it was right there. And the guy at the movie theater goes, wearing your own merch, huh? And I went, oh my God, you know who I am. And that's happening more and more. There's a certain point that I'm going to hit that I feel like I've done what I need to do with Effie. I don't know if that point comes in 40 years or if it comes in five years, but I do think that there isn't anyone in this business thinking the way I think. And I think that if you look at a lot of the backstage people that are pitching, that are writing stories, that are helping with creative, they could use some fucking help. And I I would like to look at an option where I could be someone who would help other people get over. I can get over. I know how to get Effie over, but Everyone's a little different. I think some people are surprised when they come to me and say, what suggestions do you have? What ideas do you have that I understand their character and I'm not trying to give them effy bits. I'd love to see myself once I'm hanging up the boots in a capacity to help the younger talent get over, to help increase ratings, wherever that may be, but to also be listened to not as an accessory, but as someone who... I want them to look me in the eyes and go, you are very successful at what you do and you have an understanding. How can you help these other people? I think that's where I'd be most beneficial. I don't think I want to censor myself down for TV uh, and and try to present a PG version of myself. Although when I wrestled Orange Cassidy in the Mall of America, I had multiple people come up to me and I mean people uh, meaning superstars saying, can you even have a PG match? And I'm like, baby, Effie works clean. I love being doubted. We had the most PG match of all time in the Mall of America. It's it's surprising to people when they see my act and the way I portray myself, kind of how much understanding I have of pro wrestling and of the business and of just entertainment. And so... No, the door is not closed, but I would like to see it in a capacity where I'm not just an accessory. I'm not just one of 160 people on a roster. I'm not begging for a spot to job to Wardlow. And I'm looked at as someone who could creatively build something that is going to increase the economic viability of the company on the
0: whole. So like, you know, would you entertain like a coaching position at the performance center? I mean, not now while you're active, but later, I mean, is that a place you could see yourself? Yeah, as long as Gabe's not there. Fair enough. Uh, good idea, bad idea. Uh, GCW invasion of NXT. I think you, Janela, jump jumping the rail, beating down, you know, Braun Breaker. That's a winner to me. That's a Zam banger. What do you think?
1: They don't want to know how tall a broad breaker actually is. And that's the problem with Effie is I look like a 5'10 guy. I'm a big motherfucker. And so sometimes these guys get eye to eye with me and they say, could you slump slump down a little bit? The idea is that the Indies are these small people. I think it'd be great. But I got to say this. People give Jimmy Lloyd shit because they think they know Jimmy Lloyd jimmy lloyd should be leading that invasion jimmy lloyd is one of the most entertaining people in wrestling and if you look at his track record a lot of people have gotten signed after after fighting jimmy lloyd because he knows their particular style and how to get them over he can do any kind of wrestling i would follow that man into the fires of babylon he is uh he is the leader of of what we should be doing to invade but i do think it's funny that people think we're working with wwe because they saw that picture with stephanie mcmahon and uh at this point, I have not had any communications with them, but it is yeah. nice when I run into people who I would imagine don't know who we are or don't know who I am, and they say, you know, hey, we're big fans. I even heard a uh, one of the NXT production trucks that was running the pay-per-view. Uh, they were watching one of my matches one time, oh. and I was kind of given that that side run, and the truth about that is, like, It doesn't mean they're seeking out the indies. It doesn't mean this. It means that entertainment's entertainment. And if it's good shit, people will follow follow it down and go to it and find it. And in their business, I think with everything being as clean as it is, and it seems like they're going slightly in a different direction. And shout out to Seth Rollins, who's just having... One of the best character years of all time doing the most fun stuff. You can tell he's just having the greatest uh, fun time of his life. And heel or face, people are reacting because it feels honest and it feels like they're going beyond the line. And it feels like he's a little out of line when he's saying things. So if they'd like to go in the direction of actually entertaining adults, I would love to be a part of that.
0: All right, for hey, I think I've I think a GCW invasion of NXT would be just so good. Like it would just, it would, it would just be a nice little thing there. It would be kind of like
1: when they tried to copy Bloodsport. Mm.
0: Oh, you mean with the fight pit? Yeah, <laughs> I talked to Barnett about that. By the way, I did an interview with him. I was like, "What do you think about this? It's Like your gimmick? It's there." <laughs> I asked him. No, I remember what I asked. I, t- I asked him. I go, "Why aren't you coaching there? You obviously have the mind that they want." And he's like, "Ah, they can't afford me." But it's like. Yeah, that's Hunter's vibe. That's his vibe. 100%. Yeah, but
1: I, I, you know, I do like the idea of you can copy something, but if you don't, if you don't figure out why it was actually good in the first place, it's going to fall on its face. And to see that sort of happen over and over over there, instead of paying the person who came up with something, you just copy it and then you go, well, this doesn't work. Why did it work? It's sort of a, a fun thing to see. And I think I people know. would be surprised at how well me and Josh Barnett get along. We didn't speak to each other for a long time, but once we started talking and chatting and figuring each other out. Uh, we actually get along pretty well now. I don't Ooh. think that means you're going to see me on Bloodsport, but it would be pretty insane.
0: Here's the tag name. Ready? Ready? Gay Blood. Right? It's a great tag team name.
1: I love it. Welcome, <laughs> please welcome Gay Blood to the ring. <laughs> Moxley F- sounds like he's has be begging to join.
0: Effie, <laughs> I always love chatting with you. Uh, we covered a lot of ground here today. Where do you want to send people to find you, support you, all of those wonderful things?
1: Uh, if you're not watching WWE every Monday night at 8 p.m., besides this one because I was at court, uh, we do watch independent wrestling for three hours on Twitch at twitch.tv slash effylives. And I recently combined my web stores, so the wrestlingis.gay website and the effylives.com site. You can buy items from both and pay only one shipping, which has been kind of a game changer for us because I wanted to keep these things separate, but now it's, uh, it's become – Uh, very apparent to me that if you can save people a little bit of shipping, they're actually willing to shop. So either of those websites are great. And if you just want to follow me anywhere, it's Effie lives. I will be in a lot of places this summer. Uh, Hopefully your local promotion is promoting it because I'd like you to know if I'm going to be there. There you go, everybody.
0: Thank you so much for stopping in the living room here at the house of wrestling to listen to Effie and I talk today, please grab your shoes, get your hat off the coat rack, take anything you want that's left over on the kitchen table Thanks for dropping by. You're welcome back anytime.